I'm Coach Tony Miller, and you're listening to a Quick Timeout Podcast. We have conversations with basketball coaches from around the country focused on specific topics designed simply to help grow the game. Thanks for downloading and listening to a Quick Timeout Podcast presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. If you have yet to visit the drdishbasketball.com website, you're really missing out on some great resources there. Included in those resources is a shooting drill series that I've designed for you to use with your players. For each of the drills there, you'll find a diagram, an explanation, and also a video of the drill. To find those, simply visit drdishbasketball.com and click on the blog from the drop-down menu. Again, that's drdishbasketball.com. It's great to have on the podcast former college basketball star, longtime NBA vet, and current author of several children's books, C.J. Watson. C.J., thanks for joining the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. When C.J.'s people reached out to me about coming on the podcast, I immediately said yes. For me personally, I've watched basketball long enough that he's one of those guys that I saw throughout his career, college and then also professional. It hurts me to say this. I don't want to make you feel old, CJ, but (laughs) I'm old enough now to have seen guys enter the NBA, have long careers and retire. Yeah. And, and so I appreciate you coming on and talking a little, I, I want to talk a little bit about from, especially like the professional perspective. I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine. He covered actually the Pacers while you were there a little bit. Uh-huh. And he said to me after kind of being with the interactions with the guys, it's just incredible what they see and how much they understand about the game. Probably for a lot of people, they just, they think that whoever's the biggest and the fastest and whoever can shoot the best they think Steph Curry, that's who the best players are. And those are the guys who have the long careers. There's a lot more that goes into that, correct? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Like you said, I feel like the game is all about IQ. A lot of players can, you know, can be the best uh, at their position or the best in the league, but not have a a high IQ. But, you know, LeBron James is someone that has a high IQ, even though he's probably one of the best players ever. Um, But there's, there's plenty of other players that have high IQs who last, you know, like I said, a long time in the NBA and, Obviously, they're doing something right to last that long, and they really patented their role, uh, whatever that role may be off the bench as a starter, 3 and D guy, whatever it could be. Uh, they really dwelled into their role and, and uh, took it to heart and, you know, and established what they what they want to do, and uh, they've done it for a long time. Before I ask the couple of those things that you just said there, I want to talk more in depth about. Before I ask you about those in particular in relation to your time in the NBA, how did your time overseas prepare you for your time in the league? My time overseas wasn't a great one. Uh, my first year, I went to Italy by myself, straight out of college, unknown, you know, country that I really didn't know a whole bunch about. And every every month, I had a new coach. So one month came, had one coach was getting used to his system, then he got fired. So another coach came, same thing, getting used to his system, and, and then he got fired. So it was hard for me as a rookie playing in, in a new league, playing overseas, and just being away from my family, uh, trying to take all those things together. It was just hard, you know, trying to get the basketball side, you know, where I wanted it to be, understanding it and knowing the system and trying to learn my, my new teammates. So it was definitely hard, but it kind of established me for the NBA and got me ready because, you know, the NBA is unknown. Uh, one minute you can be on one team, the next you're going to a different team, a new system, new teammates, all that kind of stuff. So um, I think it prepared me pretty well. And I think I you know did pretty well uh, with, uh, with everything that uh, thrown at me. I'm at a small college. I've got players who want to play professionally and NBA is not really where their Mm. destination is going to be. But overseas is a possibility, and I've had kids go overseas. And that story doesn't sound very different from a lot that I hear. I think they're expecting (laughs) it to be like big and glamorous, and a lot of times it's lonely and it's hard, and you're getting paid to play basketball, but it's still – it'll mature you is what I the the common message that I get from guys that go overseas. 
Yeah, for sure. I, I tell everyone that has played basketball or going overseas or even in the NBA, like overseas isn't for everyone. Uh, you see a lot of guys go over in one or two years and just come back and just not go back. Uh, you got to be, like you said, it matures you. You got to have a, a thick skin, tough skin. You got to be able to, you know, be away from your family, friends for, you know, nine, 10 months out of the year. And then not knowing the language, you know, getting used to a new city. Traveling is not the most glamorous thing. You're on bus ride, long bus rides, traveling from game to game. So it's definitely different uh, than what you're used to in, in college or anything like that. I'm asking this next one here because I want my players to hear this. I know others are listening to this, but <clears throat> I want my players to hear this from somebody who did this at the highest level. When people say that guy was a professional, I think mm -hmm. of you that way. There was no coming into games and taking time to get acclimated. You came in and like you were ready to play. For those that don't know, like you backed up Baron Davis when Baron Davis was, he was good. He was an all-star level. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Derek Rose, MVP. Yeah. Um, George Hill. George Hill was balling with the Pacers. Like mm -hmm. you backed up dudes that when they came out of the game, it wasn't like, well, we're just going to have to make it through these next minutes until we can get these next guys in. Like you came in, right. and hit, I can remember hitting back to back threes when you get called off the bench, you know, Rose yeah. goes down and you step in for the rest of the season and they make a push for the playoffs. How did you develop that? That's both a mindset and that's also physically being ready. Yeah, it was just a mindset. Like you said, I knew once I got traded from uh, the Warriors to the Bulls that I wasn't going to be a starter and I was okay with that. And I was okay with playing, you know, 18 to 20 minutes a game. But I knew like whenever I got in the game, I had to do what was asked of me and also just to spare the point guard that, you know, the starter that I came in for. So my whole thing was like, I always, as soon as I came in the game, I would pick up full court just to get my legs underneath me. Cause that's one thing when you're coming off the bench, you know, you kind of not jet lag, but you don't have your legs ready. It might take you a minute, but I feel like when I picked up full court, I got my legs under me faster. Um, that first shot, when I got the, got a good look, you know, it would most of the time go in because my legs are kind of under me. So I just took and relished in that role. I knew that, um, you know, I was backing up all-star point guards. Like you said, Baron Davis, D Rose, uh, Darren Williams, guys like that. So I knew I couldn't really mess up. If I did mess up, they'll sub me right back out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh, so I tried to do everything I could to stay in the game, uh, to show my talents and show what I was capable of doing. So I just relished in that role and, uh, kind of just took heed and to it and, and made the best out of it. Was there anything non-basketball, whether it was like nutrition or were there things like that that really helped you elevate and be somebody who's stuck in the league? Uh, it was all of that. It was nutrition. It was uh, weightlifting, lifting before games, maybe after games, lifting the day before games, back-to-backs uh, -back and stuff like that, watching a lot of film. Our coaches would watch a lot of film, but I, I would have a guy specifically uh, to me and we would watch clips of, of what I did good, what I did bad offensively and defensively. So I knew going into, going into the game, what I needed to work on and what I needed to be better at uh, that I wasn't good at last game. So it was all a mixture of things. It wasn't just one thing. So I, I would say, you know, it's just a whole glamorous thing of uh, teaming up and, and making sure you're doing the right things and uh, on the right page. You were in the league at a very interesting time where you had the game becoming more modern and more international things coming over. How did you adjust and what adjustments did you make, if any, if you felt like over the course of your career to, again, be somebody who contributed to playoff level teams? I just wanted to make sure that I was good at everything. I wasn't great at one thing, but just good at, you know, knocking down threes, good at good at pull up jumpers, good at, uh, you know, passing the ball off pick and rolls and stuff like that. Um, and then defensively, just, you know, just being solid, getting into passing lanes, things of that nature. But I would say my main thing was just being able to knock down the three ball. I think that's what kept me on the court, being able to uh, stretch the court, uh, especially when you're, I play with a lot of 
superstar guys and they always got double teamed. So just to be able to, if my man did double team or have a guy not be able to leave me, I think that was a big, big help for, you know, guys who like to go one-on-one or, or clogging the lane up. I think I stretched the court for a lot of, a lot of players and that really helped me. Coaches, are you looking to take your game preparation to the next level? Then Fast Model Sports is the perfect coaching software for you. Build an organized library of plays and drills and create professional playbooks to share with your players and staff. You can also download over 9,000 free plays and drills from our play bank directly to your Fast Draw account. Need a better way to build your scouting reports? With Fast Scout, build custom scouting report templates to prepare your team best for each individual opponent. The combination of Fast Draw and Fast Scout is the best way for you and your coaches to create winning game strategies and effectively communicate them to your team. Over 10,000 high school and youth coaches use Fast Model Sports technology to help their team reach their goals. Use code AQT10 to get 10% off any Fast Draw and Fast Scout products. Again, that's AQT10 to get 10% off any Fast Draw and Fast Scout products. I think from the point guard position, like if I were to ask a normal coach or a player, they're going to say things like, to be a great point guard, you need to be a floor general and a coach on the court and be able to lead your team what did that actually look like running an nba team it was hard <laughs> uh, it was definitely hard but i think as long as you know the coach's system and all my coaches had pretty you know simple systems and every time I, I i went in the game we were only running you know three or four plays so i knew i knew those plays you know pretty much to heart i can tell everyone where they needed to be uh, like you said being a four general communicating to every player and all those other players, you know, trusting you that you're making the right decision to do what's best for the team. I think uh, once you do that, being a point guard, you'll really kind of see the ins and outs of the games and really pick up more, like I said, IQ of everything. And your coach will start to see all these things and he'll let you kind of just, just go and not really call plays for you. Once you see that, you know what you're doing, you're making the right reads. So you said you were overseas, got the opportunity to come. I think you were on, weren't you on a 10 day contract the first time? Was that your first? So I went to the, at the time, it was called the D-League, right. uh, Developmental League. So I went there for a month and then I got called up by okay. the Warriors. All right. So do you have a, and I think this, this goes back to like the professionalism and do you have a welcome yeah. to the league story? So the first time I got called up, I, you know, I've, I've watched Baron Davis play in times, but he was like, honestly, one of my favorite players growing up. And I would play with him on the video game all the time. And when I got called up from D-League to go to the Warriors, like the first practice, I saw these guys and they were just so welcoming. Um, and I think that was kind of just my, you know, welcome to the NBA moment. Because like I said, I used to watch these guys play on TV, play video games with them. And just to be on the same court with them, I think was just kind of humbling, you know, it just shows what hard work can get you if you stay dedicated and put the work in. Again, I'm at the college level. So I hear from high school to college players say, man, the game is so much or the game is so much different than in this way or that way. As you made mm -hmm. the jump from whether it was going from high school to there in college or from college to pros, what do you feel were the biggest differences and the things that you had to adjust to? I would say just adjusting to people's length. Obviously in high school, I'm 6'2", but I'm one of the, you know, the bigger guys on the court. But when you get to college, you know, you're not that star. Uh, athlete anymore. You're kind of average. <laughs> you have guys six, seven, six, eight, six, nine who can jump out the gym, who run fast, and the recovery time is so so much faster. Uh, so you got to be able to get your shot off, uh, make your moves quick and efficient, 
And uh, I would say from college to the NBA, the game is just so much faster. Uh, like I said, the athletes are, are, are way better than college. I mean, your recovery time is, is real slow. When you see a lane open, it closes up real fast in the NBA. <laughs> uh, so you got to get your, you know, get to the basket, dunk it, uh, lay it up, whatever, floater. Just be able to get your shot off because, like I said, the lane closes up so fast. It looks like it's open for a long time. And then once you make that one move and you get there, it's uh, by that time it's closed and you got to make another read. We had just a couple of weeks ago the – I believe it was Kobe's birthday, and I saw you post something on social media. Do you have a favorite Kobe story? Playing against Kobe, really. Actually, him and my wife had the same birthday, so it was crazy. I always tell my wife, this is not your birthday first. It's Kobe's birthday, and then it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> so I always mess with her. <laughs> but uh, just playing against Kobe and um, just him, like I said, just knowing my name and appreciating my game, I think that was the biggest welcome to the NBA moment also, just him, you know, being able to, to you know, say that, you know, What's up, CJ? How you doing? Good luck. You know, that was kind of just big for me. Just growing up watching him, wanted to be like Kobe and pad my game after him and just do like certain things like him. It was just it was just very humbling. I wanted to ask you just a few like post-retirement <clears throat> activities that you're involved with mm -hmm. and, and stuff that you're doing. I guess this first one, post-retirement, probably was a poor choice of words. You're still hooping a little bit now, though, it's in the big three. Yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming, are you back for next year? Uh, hopefully, yeah. See how my body holds up. But okay. uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely fun to get out there and play with the guys. And because I'm an old man out there, now that now that they lowered the age limit, I feel like I definitely am old. All these guys are still, you know, trying to get back to NBA or playing overseas, and uh, I'm just out there, just you know, just trying to make some shots. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you like the three on three? I love the idea. I think there should mm -hmm. be more three on three. I actually want to yeah. start some sort of like youth three on three league. I think it yeah. teaches like kids better aspects of the game. You kind of get For sure. You have more free freedom in space, which I, you know, yeah. that's basketball offense. So they kind of learn yeah. how to manipulate space better. Did you like it better or just different from what you did in the NBA? It's just different. I mean, it's definitely, I don't think anything compares to the NBA, but I think the, the biggest thing I would say is just the physicality. You know, the refs that really don't call a lot of fouls. So it's really just like playing pickup ball, which is cool. So it's definitely fun. Like I said, fun to get out there and play against people that I've never played against. And then also some former teammates and guys older than me that I uh, never got a chance to play with in the NBA. And now they're here in the big three. So it's just fun just to go against those guys, you know, talk trash a little bit. It's fun. Who's the guy that he's still got it? Joe Johnson still has it. <laughs> he was one of my teammates in Brooklyn. And I don't think his game has still changed much. Uh, he's definitely still a walking bucket out there i mentioned in the intro some are probably still wondering when i mentioned this but you're an author can you tell us yeah. about those books a little bit yeah, yeah so it was uh, definitely something that i uh, never thought about doing but once i was retired i just wanted to see like how can i continue to inspire kids and to kind of tell my story and what better way to do that than through books so just decided to you know write a write a book and you know, the idea came about and talked to a couple of people about publishing and all that kind of stuff to gain more knowledge about the industry. Uh, so the first book is called CJ's Big Dream, and uh, then I have CJ's Big Moment and CJ's Big Project. So uh, working on the fourth one right now, just trying to get my story out there and just inspire kids to, to dream big and and work hard. And with that, you know, all your dreams can come true. Hopefully. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, last thing, one last thing before I let you go, your foundation, what all is that about and where can people find out more about that? So you can go to quietstormfoundation.org and uh, it's a foundation here in Las Vegas that me and my family created after my first year in the NBA. Uh, and we just wanted to inspire and give kids hope and joy, especially coming from underserved communities, uh, which I came from. So we just want to give them hope. Uh, we put on three or four different programs each year, a free basketball camp, black history essay contest we put on each year and the out-of-school program. So we're just trying to give kids uh, different outlets to, to achieve and, like I said, reach their goals. That's C.J. Watson. 
Again, the foundation is Quiet Storm Foundation, and the books can be found at cjpins.com. CJ, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Oh, no problem. Thank you. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out. Thank you.